Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. We've been experimenting with showing a QR code on an Echo Show, and then you can use your phone to take a photo of that QR code and then your Facebook Messenger account. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson and today we're going to be talking all about open source voice development framework Jovo. Today's conversation was recorded on the 19th of March 2020, where you'll hear me talk with Jan Koenig, the co-founder of Jovo, about the latest and greatest version of the Build Once, Deploy Everywhere solution for voice. Version 3 is now out. It expands the number of channels that you can build for, now includes Twilio, Facebook Messenger, and even Samsung Bixby. So this is an already impressive platform that is now even more powerful. The product really has matured, and it's now used by many top brands and dev shops to build world-class apps. So in this episode, we're going to dig into all the latest features. We're going to talk about the challenges in building an open source startup. On the dev side, we're going to talk about standards and software design patterns. On the industry side, we talk about voice beyond the big platforms, where the market's going, design considerations between voice bots versus chatbots, much, much more. Jan is a really articulate speaker. This is uh, insights by the minute is uh, off the charts in this episode. It really is a highly concentrated source of information. So you're going to really get a lot from it, whatever angle you're coming from. There are also bonus questions, as always, for Voice Tech Pro listeners. If you're not a Voice Tech Pro listener already, go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, sign up. And you can hear Jan talking about his own background as well and some of the more fun aspects of the conversation that are left of that part as well. Really excited to bring this to you today. It's a brilliant conversation and one that I know you're going to enjoy. I've got another great event for you to put in your calendars. It's the Voice of Healthcare Summit. That's right. It returns to the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts on August the 5th and the 6th. It's a two-day event presented by Bradley Metrock and the SCORE publishing team. So you know this is going to be a first-class event. And the topic could not be more relevant at this time of crisis. Many people are looking for uh, a more hygienic user interface and, of course, are turning to voice for this, uh, not to mention one that's more natural and accessible. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to check out the latest trends in voice in healthcare. Uh, to grab a ticket, just head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash voiceofhealthcare. And if you want to get 30% off the standard ticket price, enter the code voicetechcarl at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Manning Publishing, an independent publisher of a huge range of software development books. At manning.com, you'll find books on all the technologies you need to learn in order to create world-class voice applications. All the books are available at manning.com. And right now, Voice Tech Podcast listeners get a massive 40% off all the books with the promo code podvoicetech19. So go check it out at manning.com. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. As a Voice Tech Pro, you get your own premium RSS feed from Patreon, which gives you access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, early access to all the new episodes, as well as exclusive interviews and bonus questions, no ads and higher quality sound. Plus, you'll be helping to ensure that I can keep producing more episodes like this one. So if that sounds good to you, Head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and sign up today. I'm counting on your support.
So I'm very pleased to be on the line with Jan Koenig, the co-founder of Jovo, based in Berlin in Germany and billed as the voice layer. Jovo is an open source framework that lets you build and run voice experiences that work across multiple devices and platforms, including, but not limited to, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, Samsung Bixby, as well as mobile phones, web apps, and many, many more. And version three has just been released, so we're going to hear all about that. Jan, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks a lot for having me. Great to be uh, here. It's been great. Yeah, it's great to have you on. It's been a long time. I've been wanting to talk to you. Actually, I was telling you before the show that I had a little bit of a play with Jova about a year ago, got stuck into some of the tutorials, the tech, tried to build some basic apps. But I know things have moved on a lot since then. So I'm really excited to find out what all the new features you've been adding. Sounds like it's really developed. It's now built as the voice layer really covers right across all these different input and output options. So it's gonna be excited to learn about that. Why don't you take a moment then just to give us the elevator pitch, the value proposition of what Jovo actually is? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Jovo, as you mentioned, we want to build the voice layer that enables developers and companies to build voice experiences into any product or device they're offering. And so for example, you can build on top of existing voice assistant platforms like Alexa, Google Assistant, Samsung, Bixby, but then also you can integrate voice into your existing products like web applications, mobile apps, even your own custom hardware. We offer this by, by providing a rider pipeline, as we call it, that helps companies interchange different building blocks for speech recognition, natural language understanding, text-to-speech, and so on to make the whole developer experience more efficient. Okay, fantastic. The RIDER pipeline, that's R-I-D-R, right? So that sounds yes. like an acronym. What does that yeah. stand for? Request, interpretation, dialogue management, and then response. And so okay. we offer building blocks for all of these different steps. Like for requests, for example, we offer different ways to plug into existing tools and mobile apps and web apps and so on. And interpretation offers speech recognition and natural language understanding, Response offers text-to-speech integrations and and stuff like this. Fantastic. Well, we're going to hear more about the flow, but that sounds like it sums it up nicely. So obviously, lots of different companies are, are using Jovo because it is an open source platform. So it's quite appealing for companies to be able to use this software because they can own the IP. They're not beholden to any one platform. It sounds very modular as well. So they can swap out components, iterate, and really customize the solution for them. Can you give yeah. us an idea of the types of problems that people are using Jovo for? Yeah, so yeah, how we built Jovo is when we got started about three years ago, we saw that voice is going to be a very integral part of any product ecosystem. And this is why we built it in a modular way that companies can really deploy it wherever they want. They can like to, to keep it as, as flexible as possible. Because for us, voice is not just a, an afterthought that can be added somewhere, but it's really important to really integrate it with your existing systems. Mm-hmm. And how we're seeing it right now, at the beginning of the voice ecosystem, it was still very agency-driven, very games-driven. So we see that a lot of agencies use it for client work, for example. Um, for all types of experiences because Jovo is a horizontal tool like you can build anything with Jovo but then also a lot of our power users are also a voice game studios. So we have Labworks, we have Matchbox, we have Stoke Skills, all of them because they, for them, it's important to be available cross-platform, but then also to 
like they're really focusing on making their existing voice apps better. They're not just crunching out, you know, like one voice app after the other. They have one or two or maybe three games out there and they just keep iterating and keep making it better, looking at the data, improving it over time. And this is where ah, we help as well. Okay. Yeah. They focus on the big winners. You mentioned something there, which is important to state for people who don't know. Vajovo is a build once, deploy everywhere platform. That's one of the key differentiators is that you don't have to learn how to code for Alexa and then learn something different for a Google Assistant and then Samsung Bixby. You can just write one code in, I believe it's JSON and JavaScript. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You can build it in JavaScript. Also, we added support for TypeScript a year ago. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, the goal is to, you can build it, you can just host it on your own servers. There's no connection to like any of our servers or anything. And mm -hmm. we help with other tools as well, like local development. We have a lot of integrations into content management systems, databases, and so on. Fantastic. Yeah. What about the demand for voice apps? You said that these agencies are using it to build games now. Do you have much visibility over what Jovo is being used for and how many people are downloading it and the number of voice apps that are being deployed using Jovo? Or is that kind of obscured from, from your view? Yeah, the problem there is we're a free and open source tool. This means that our code is available online. People are just downloading it and using it themselves. They're hosting it on their own servers. So we are really like people need to tell us what they're building for us to find out. So we don't have any user accounts or anything. Nothing's hosted on our servers. And so this is why it's difficult for us to really tell the overall number. It's been mm -hmm. just by talking to our community over the last three years, talking to people finding out very often it's really people like telling us, oh, hey, here, how can I do this? Or I, I think I found a bug or something like this is when people tell us that they're using Jovo because this is when they're when they have to reach out to us. It's and the so, classic technology problem is you only hear about it when there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So either we introduce more problems or I don't know, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see how we can, can make this easier. But it's definitely, mm -hmm. I would say right now it's like 30% agencies or like maybe 40 percent agencies 30 percent independent developers and studios like the game studios that i mentioned and then another 30 percent is like enterprise developers that work on on enterprise tooling which is even more difficult because then there's a lot of non-disclosure agreements involved where we're not allowed to to talk about what's being built with Jovo. Yeah, of course of course yeah i noticed you had a, an enterprise offering as well which we can talk about in a bit mm -hmm. um yeah, we covered the languages then. So you said it was uh, TypeScript or was it J JSON? JavaScript, yeah. Or JavaScript, sorry. Mm -hmm. But do you have to be a programmer or do you have to be a coder to be able to use Jovo? What level of technical skills do you need to be able to run the Hello World and then be able to actually deploy a, an application? It's a developer framework. So it's definitely built for developers and professional teams of developers. But we're, mm -hmm. what we're also seeing is that a lot of development beginners are using Jovo as well to get started because mm -hmm. like it's our hello world example is pretty easy to set up you just have to install one or two things you just run the code and then that's it and then you can go from there mm -hmm. and so i think for anyone who wants to get started with development i think that's a good first thing to do because like when you're building a web app or a mobile app for example you have many many different things to take care about like you have mm -hmm. video visuals you have a back end front end and all of that with voice at least getting started is a little easier. Like you get to your first hello world 
more quickly. And so I think this is why many development beginners are are using Jovo for building voice apps. Right, right. Well, I was certainly attracted to it simply because of the efficiency that you could mm. just learn one one language and deploy to all the platforms as opposed to think, well, if I build it on Alexa, then what about all the Google Assistant users? And then what about when Samsung Bixie comes along? Like, am I going to learn all of that as well? It's just not mm-hmm. possible for an individual. So there's definitely an efficiency and a scale element to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a bit of a rundown of the different components then, the things that make up the Jovo framework. I know there's the interaction model. Uh, mm-hmm. you have a, like, what, isn't it a simulator or a debugger? Like maybe you could give us a rundown of some of the components. Yeah, a lot of people, when they think of Jovo, they really think mostly about the like cross-platform or what you mentioned, the deploy once or built once, deploy everywhere component. That's just one mm-hmm. thing. Like We really focus a lot on the developer efficiency on building tools for professional teams to build great voice experiences. So mm-hmm. what we offer is a local development environment, for example. You don't have to upload your code to a server all the time to build your experience. You can code it on your computer. We have a debugger, which is a visual browser-based tool where you can test your Alexa skill, Google Action, and so on without talking to your device all the time. Then we have uh, what you mentioned, the language model. That That's also one thing. Like I don't know how deep every one of your listeners is into like the whole voice app, Alexa skill development, and so on. But on Alexa, you have an interaction model for like the speech recognition and the natural language understanding. And for Google Assistant, you use a service like Dialogflow for natural language understanding. The problem there is when you're building for different uh, platforms, you also have to maintain your language models in different places. Mm-hmm. And so what we offer is we offer the Jovo language model, which can be maintained once and then translate it into an Alexa interaction model and into a dialogue flow agent. We also like oh, yes. all other NLU services that we support as well. And that's how we want to make that part easier as well. And then other stuff like staging, we have a unit testing framework, a lot of things that help uh, developers in setting up the right processes uh, and de- deploying their voice experiences to different providers and so on. That's really interesting. Yeah, so to recap my understanding that because you've got the input, you've got the logic, and you've got the response. So you can handle all of that locally as if you had a, the Amazon servers running on your own computer. So you can actually yeah. make requests and, and have a response as if it was Amazon Alexa. And then at the same time, you could do the same for Google Assistant. So you have all of those platforms local. So you don't have to be making these calls out. You don't have to worry about any kind of fees or deployments, all of that kind of uh, stuff that takes time by using these third-party platforms. Yeah. Uh, very useful, speeds up development massively. And uh, you mentioned there's the debugger as well. But nowadays, a lot of these platforms have a APL or visual interface, some kind of screen, multimodality mm-hmm. involved. Can you do all of that as well locally? Can you simulate the response back and forth on the visual side? We did so with the old, how are they called again? Before APL, it was like the display interface on Alexa or Mm -hmm. the render templates. We simulated or emulated these interfaces. Mm. The problem is with APL, this got super complicated. We we tried this a little bit. So right now, like even in the Alexa developer console, you can't really trust the APL stuff that's displayed there in the browser. And so what we typically recommend is to really, it's painful, but to really test on on every device available. I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. 
That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voice Tech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voice Tech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show, and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.